Welcome to The Real Housewives of Riverdale, the podcast where grown-ass adults take sexy teen murder mysteries just as seriously as you do. I'm your host, Cherie, and today we are discussing Season 3, Episode 5, Chapter 40, The Great Escape. So this week's title is, of course, in reference to the 1963 Steve McQueen and James Garner movie about allied prisoners of war planning to escape from a German camp during World War II. It's, I mean, I'm sure, like, not all of us have seen it, but it's something that gets referenced all the time. Um, A movie that I'm sure my dad has seen no less than 800 times. I mean, military men, am I right? So, um... The episode starts with the G&G game that we saw Betty bust in on last week. Jughead is reading from the manual, and we can tell from the A&R played over Archie's prison scene that this particular quest is an allegory for Archie's capture, and that's something that will carry on throughout the episode. But right now, it's not on purpose, but it is artistic, artistically, artistfully, I don't know. It's good. <laughs> can't think of words. Pregnancy brainy guys. It's real. So Archie and Joaquin attempt an escape, but the guards start shooting them down. And thank goodness those are rubber bullets because otherwise that is really fucked up. I was like, holy shit. This is, we are not even one minute into this episode. Good grief. But yeah, just, just rubber bullets. So back to tweaked out Jughead and Betty Elderver is the land of griffins and gargoyles, but it's also an anagram for Riverdale. Um, it exists only in Riverdale. I mean, I hate to sound like I support his lunacy, but I must say I'm intrigued, Jug. Like that, that's interesting to me now. Like before I was like, oh my God, with this stupid D&D game, like why are they so obsessed? It doesn't make sense. But I kind of see where Jughead's obsession lies now but that does not mean I approve of him playing this game that has cyanide involved I'm not okay with that um he's gonna keep playing because he thinks he can outsight the psycho behind the game sure Betty's finally like fine Jesus I guess as long as you are safe down here in this bunker and playing this game that involves suicide and has killed at least three, almost four people, you just keep playing while I do the real investigation. And like, I see her point where like, okay, I'm not going to convince him he's jumped off the deep end, but I'm also kind of like Betty. He's not safe down there, girl. (laughs) Like as long as your mom had said, as long as this game is being played, it's not safe. And I don't think she was wrong about it. At the Pembroke, um, sexy poster on Hiram. Hello. How you doing, Mark Consuelos? He harasses Veronica with the story of Archie's escape. Um, It's very disgusting. I mean, he's an awful person, but he does look good there. I'm just saying. (laughs) Cut to our good, but not always smart boy, strapped to his cot while the warden fucking brands him with a hot poker. And the brand is like one of those runic symbols from the G&G game. Tying it all together, y'all. So Betty tells Josie, Kevin, and Reggie about their parents' involvement in the game and Ascension Night and Principal Breakfast Club's death. And they're kind of like, 
okay, I guess we'll ask, but that doesn't seem like something our parents would do, but whatever, Betty. Um, oh, and hey, we're at the, we're at the speakeasy and it's Elio. Remember him? Me neither. (laughs) I was like, who's this guy? And then when she said Elio, I was like, "Mm, that sounds vaguely familiar. Oh, right. He was one of the suitors from last season and sure, sure, whatever. Um, over at Camp Serpent, Sweet Pea and Fangs are shooting arrows at each other. You know, actual dumb teenage boy shit. But Jughead flips out and he's like, I'm the leader. I'm the game master. And they're like, you're the Serpent King. Isn't that enough? And he's like, no, I must have all the power. Um, so he teaches them a lesson by having Cheryl shoot a beer can on his head. Okay. <laughs> That was, whew, tweaked out Jughead is, like, even more no-chill than regular Jughead, and that is saying a lot. Um, then we get our first title card, Riverdale. No special 90s effects this week, unfortunately. So after commercial break, Veronica and her smart girl glasses are in the peach pit after dark when Elio calls to get her to come to one of the prison cockfights in the seaside pool, whatever, and wear her ridiculous Monica Posh disguise. And I say disguise in big finger quotes because it's so not a disguise. It's awful. I so hope we are done with that wig. Like, Jesus. I get that it like it looks very comic booky, and that that might be something that Veronica in the comics has done before. I'm sure it is, but dear God, it's it's not good. FP confronts Jughead about G and G, and Jughead is like, "Man, if you don't like Alice's version of the story, tell me yours." And I'm like, "Yes, please, give us another flashback episode from FP's perspective this time. Yes, please." No such luck, though. FB doesn't budge. Uh, Kevin and Josie get their parents together and beat around the bush to get answers about their involvement in the Ascension Party, but Mr. Former Sheriff and Mrs. Former Mayor are like, uh, yeah, whatever, kids, who cares? We're getting married. And dear fucking God, does Kevin's mom even know yet? Laura said that they got divorced, but, like, I don't totally remember that, but I didn't rewatch season two nearly as much as I've rewatch season one so maybe maybe that was brought up and I forgot but I feel like the poor lady is over in Bahrain she's in the military fighting for our country and while she's gone her husband who's supposed to be salt of the earth good guy sheriff not only fucking cheats on her cheats on her with the mayor who happens to be his hometown or his high school sweetheart and then fucking leaves her for for the mayor like Kevin's mom, you, you deserve better. I don't know you. Maybe you're a terrible person. I just feel like I doubt it. Um, cause I don't think you get Kevin from being a terrible person, but I just, I feel bad for, her. I do not feel bad for miles. Cause that guy was a dick. Um, and I'm like, okay with Josie's parents getting a divorce because Mary McCoy deserves better than that. Sorry. Sierra deserves better than that. But, um, yeah, I still feel bad for Kevin's mom. So at the prison pool MMA ring, Monica Posh, God, and and Elio see Archie being let out. And we get my favorite line of the episode. I'd recognize those abs anywhere. (laughs) I love when they're like very meta about 
KJ Abba's abs. Um, poor V. She has to watch this, and it's awful. So, after the fight's over, we cue to an illicit, sexy scene, um, because Archie's not interested in talking to Veronica right now. He's been in the clink for weeks? Months? I'm not sure, but he's, like, he's thirsty. He wants to go to Bone Zone. We can talk about stuff later. Let's fuck. (laughs) Um... And also, so they're talking about breaking him out of, out of jail. Do these two know that just because you break out of prison, that doesn't mean that you just get to stay out? Like, oh, you beat the system, you win. Like, Archie can't just go to the other side of the walls and then move back in with Fred and go back to playing guitar and football. Like, obviously, since this is the Shawshank Redemption, he has to go to see Watanejo. Duh. <sighs> these kids. Jughead trips some more. This time it's a fancy hobo campfire trip though. So that's fun. Um, and then, oh no, we get the regrouping of Kevin, Josie and Reggie with Betty and Reggie's dad abuses him. That's, that's rough. Like I don't love Reggie. He's a tool most of the time, but he doesn't deserve that. He got a black eye when he asked Marty about the game. And yes, every single other Riverdale podcast, Reggie's dad is named Marty Mantle. It was mentioned at least once in the last episode in the Midnight Club. Um, It might have been mentioned even more in the series. But anyway, his name's Marty and apparently he's a dick. But it made Reggie want to know why their parents are being so weird about a game that they played 25 years ago. Hold that thought though. Veronica needs help getting Archie out of Teen Fight Club. And I just like to say here, I do not like the Fight Club references that are made like on and off the show because without spoiling anything about what's like really going on in the movie Fight Club, on the surface, it's at least a club that Ed Norton joins voluntarily. Like he's consenting to be there. And oh shit, I just got the Ward and Norton reference. (laughs) Still, (laughs) Archie is not consenting to be in his situation. It was be the new mad dog or like fucking die or watch Joaquin get killed or something. I don't even remember what the stakes were, but he was blackmailed into doing it. And he's, he's there because those that have power over him are making him be there. He's not like, you know what sounds fun? Beating the fuck out of each other. Let's do that. So I just feel like the Fight Club references are a little a little shaky. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Betty goes back to the bunker and somehow ex- inspires Jughead to um, be even crazier. So she's like, look, if you're going to keep being cuckoo bananas, then I'm taking your bike. Yes. Serpent queen. Yes. Um, I love how like over him she is with this bullshit. It's kind of great. Archie goes on a date with the warden. That's fun. He bats those big brown eyes and they gets the warden to tell him exactly how Hiram pinned the murder of Shadow Lake Townie on him and where he should hide when he escapes. <laughs> Good work, Archie Kins. Uh, Good God. And then, oh, fuck, the warden totally belongs to the Gargoyle King. Like, he makes 
references that make it sound like he's talking about Jesus, but really he is talking about the Gargoyle King. And that's when everybody except for Archie is like, oh no, he's in on it. Maybe everyone's in on it. So we're going to get our quest put together now. Jughead gathers his group to plan his quest. Veronica gathers hers. So we'll cut to the prison scene that at first we're like, oh, this is what we've been waiting for all along. Joaquin gently tapes up Archie's hand as Mr. Handsome tells him, oh, I'm going to come back for you. I'm not going to forget you, Joaquin. I'm going to come back for you. Oh, it's so romantic. And then Joaquin grabs Archie's chiseled jaw and kisses him. Oh, <laughs> Archie kind of leans back and he's like, dude, what are you doing? Ah, oh, fuck. It was a Judas kiss. So Joaquin could ascend because he's t- wrapped into this shit too. And then he fucking shivs Archie. What the fuck, Joaquin? We trusted you. We loved you. We wanted you back. We were so glad that you were back in our lives. And then you stab Archie? Motherfucker. Oh. <laughs> and then, okay, there's like this whole G&G overlay with the prison bust sequence. It's fun. I enjoyed it. I really did. I still wish my favorite characters weren't playing the game or performing felonies, but you know, whatever. It is this show. It is Riverdale. So Shivd Archie has to fight Mad Dog. Ooh, well, I'm glad he didn't die. I'm glad Mad Dog didn't die. If you don't see a body, they're not really dead. That means Chick is out there somewhere. Just saying. Um, so glad that Mad Dog's back. I am not glad at how his story ends to save Archie. That's kind of rough. And then we see, so we see what Betty's doing with Jughead's bike. And Lily Reinhardt is just like so hot and leather. <laughs> wow. Her hair's down. She's wearing that serpent jacket. I'm like, oh yes, you are my serpent queen. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Kevin and Joaquin have a short reunion out in the woods. It's weird. And Kevin's like, okay, well I'm going to chase after you, but mm, I can't, I got to double back. We've got to, we've got other fish to fry and I'm trying to bone moose now. So I don't know what your deal is. Mad Dog calls Archie red because this really is the Shawshank Redemption now. Um, but so we see, we have this whole thing go down. The Veronica, Reggie and Kevin, they pop or, and I guess probably Josie too. They open these soda cans that they made in the chemistry lab that are actually gas bombs. They throw them into the pit. Hiram saw Veronica. It's not good for her. Um, And of course he recognizes her through that God awful disguise. Um, anyway, uh, so then there's this awesome diversion where we think Betty has Archie on, on the bike after he gets through the pipe and everything. And they're like zooming around and, oh no, the cops stop them or the guards or whatever it is. But, uh, it's just Kevin. It's not Archie. So great diversion, you guys. I'm actually fairly impressed. Um, Archie, aka the Red Paladin, makes it to the bunker. So one one note here with the whole Betty Kevin Warden scene. There are actual guns pointed at these kids. 
And I assume that they're for real guns, not rubber bullet guns. And Betty pulls out her trusty mace and is like, I'll mace you, Warden Norton. I'll mace you. And he's like, okay, hold your fire, men. Don't shoot. Really? Like, nobody wants to get mace. Nobody wants to get pepper spray in the eye. But (laughs) you're not going to die from it. Um, so that was a little far-fetched, but anyway, so whatever, Veronica and Reggie get Archie to the bunker. Um, Tony can patch a shiv wound apparently, like just fine. Apparently, even though she's like in 10th, 11th grade, she has a fucking medical degree and can like heal a stab wound. Cool. Um, and then just like their parents, the kids all make a pact to take this secret to the grave, this secret of keeping Archie in the bunker that they have him out. Nobody knows where he is. Nobody, nobody knows what happened tonight. Nobody knows anything about the prison bust that they were all in on. Um, so that's kind of fun how they, they make the same pact like their parents did about G and G. They're going to take it to the grave or, you know, until one of their teenage daughters bugs them enough. <laughs> Hermione, Hermione, good grief, Cherie. Hermione finally flips out on Hiram, which is about damn time. We need strong Hermione. Like, we really do. She's awesome when she comes out. And I was so happy with her, not only for how she flipped on Hiram, but also how she freaked out on Veronica. She's like, you're both crazy. This obsession that you both have with Archie Andrews is insane. And you're, you're ruining our lives because of it. And you know what? She's not wrong. I mean, I'm obviously on Veronica's side with, um, like her altruism because I'm not like a monster. So I'm definitely not on Hiram's side, but I'm just saying like, way to go. And then the radio announcement. Oh gosh, that was funny. Archibald Andrews is on the run. (laughs) I laughed. Uh, Betty convinces Jughead to go home and get some sleep finally. Then we just watch the warden like fucking kill himself. And that's like a little much for network TV, guys. I know he didn't shoot himself or hang himself or whatever, but he pops some cyanide in a goblet and drank it and then fucking died of cyanide poisoning in front of our eyes. Like that's very gruesome. If you know anything about Jonestown or like how that works, how cyanide potassium particularly kills you it's very awful like it's gross know that it it does bad things to your inside and like slowly slowly kills you um but it's not good stuff it's not a quick way to go (laughs) it's bad news bears so if you want to look that up i recommend last podcast on the left uh, series on jim jones that is some of the most interesting shit i've ever listened to anyway back to riverdale So Jughead sees the Gargoyle King on his way home, and I just really wish he would have tackled the motherfucker and ripped his mask off like Scooby-Doo, but alas, this is only episode 5 and we have 17 more to go. We'll probably find out in episode 21 who the Gargoyle King is, because that's how this show works. Anyway, this is Riverdale. So we'll move on to our segments for the show. Most Archie Comics moment, man, I don't really have anything. There were a few milkshakes, I guess. Maybe Veronica's disguise. I don't even know, man. Like, this episode was pretty bonkers. Uh, The best blossom burn. And, I mean, it wasn't really anything Cheryl ever said. But the look on her face after she shot that can on Jughead's... Well, Jughead. 
<laughs> it's, it was great. It was pretty great. So let's do our good, bad funnies. My good for the week. I really liked the pairing of the quest. I thought that was fun. That made for good, interesting TV. I liked it. My bad for this episode is God damn, this episode was gruesome. We saw kids getting shot, branded and stabbed like children getting shot, branded and stabbed. We watched a man drink cyanide and die. Like good grief. That is really heavy. And for it to be too dark for this show, that's like real dark. It was, it was kind of rough. Um, my funny for this week are just Kevin's reactions. They were so great. Like when Josie, when they're at lunch or breakfast, I'm not even really sure with their parents. Um, she says something about their parents' extracurricular activities when they were in high school and his little smirk, his little, ew, <laughs> was kind of great. And then again, uh, when the guard at, at the pool, he just lets him in with like, no explanation. He's like, Hey, what are you doing? Oh, I'm supposed to put these with the other refreshments. Oh, okay. Go on in. <laughs> he just shakes his head like dumbass. I love Casey caught. Oh gosh. Okay. For changes. If I was in the writer's room uh, this weekend, I got to make one change. As glad as I am to be done with the prison set and that whole shebang, I wish the kids would have thought more. I wish they would have had more forethought about what to do after Archie busts out. What are they going to do with him now for the next 70, 80 years of his life, you know? For theories, well, I mean, the warden obviously isn't the Gargoyle King, so that's out. Um, could Ashley have been right last week? Is it Hiram? Is it anybody we even know? Is it the coroners? Because there was one a long time ago and one now. Um, gosh, it, it's it's not the warden because he's dead now and we saw the Gargoyle King after he died. But, hmm, very interesting. So, for the Real Housewives of Greendale, for Sabrina Corner, there will be a Sabrina Christmas special um, December 16th. I'm super excited. Happy Solstice and praise Satan, everyone, from our favorite coven. Yes. I love that they did that. I am super, super stoked about that. For Skeet's Dadgram Corner, um, Vanessa Morgan posted a still of her and Cheryl, like, confronting Sweet Pea and Fangs about the arrows, whatever. Um, and they both have their arms crossed, and she said, caption this. And because her face in this picture, in this Instagram picture, is one of WTF, um, Skeet's comment, or rather, his caption, I suppose, is, what's my line? Silly face. A national treasure that man is. Like, so funny. So dorky. So grown worthy. Like, oh dear. But I just, I just love him so much. I just really do. Okay. And with that, this will conclude another fun-filled episode of The Real Housewives of Riverdale. Be sure to tune in in two weeks for chapter 41, Manhunt, or Manhunter, until then, to our friends in the States, I, I say have a wonderful Thanksgiving, but please do not forget what this day truly symbolizes, the mass genocide and destruction of indigenous peoples. Um, you know, as you stand in a three-hour line at Target Thursday night for $2 off a set of Tupperware, maybe make a donation to the First Nations Development Institute instead. 
Um, nobody's asking you to pull a season two jug head and be a white savior because that shit's annoying and unnecessary. Just please be mindful of those who were here before us and find room in your heart to be more than thankful for turkey and mashed potatoes. Um, for all of our international friends, have a great week away from Riverdale or Elder Vale or whatever. Uh, peace out, friends. Bye-bye. We'll make the winter springtime and jingle jangle sing time right on to the summer and the fall. So darling, don't be weeping and please don't you be sleeping when I come creeping down the hall.